uh, three other times it's translated gnosis, where, where we get our word Gnostic. You know, Gnosticism is, is, prides itself in knowledge. But that word is also translated science. And um, uh, it, it's, it refers to just general knowledge. For, for example, 1 Timothy 6.20, the only place science is, the word science is found in the Bible, it says, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely, so-called. So the, the word there is um, gnosis. The other word is um, um, is a little different. And it me and, and that's the word we find here in this passage, verses three and verse four. And that word knowledge means precise and correct knowledge, not just general or a science. You know, science is you study something, but this is a precise and correct knowledge. He's talking about here. It has to, has to do with full discernment. Others are having complete understanding. Of what is right, what is not. Uh, it's, for example, it's used in Genesis twenty-three or twenty-seven, twenty-three, when um, Jacob, you know, um, uh, Rebecca. I'm trying to think of Rebecca or Rachel. It was Rebecca, Isaac's wife, had Jacob, you know, put goat's hair on his arms and and on his neck because Esau was a hairy man, so she, that Isaac would not know it wasn't Esau. And it says, and it says there, he discerned him not. That's the word. Uh, so he didn't get precise. He did not get precise and correct knowledge by his feeling of Jacob's arms and, and neck. But in Proverbs seven seven it says, "And beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding." And of course, the context there, he's making his way to the harlot's house. So he discerned. He properly uh, discerned, or 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 or. or um, Distinguished, or you might say he discriminated. That's really what it means, to discriminate. Now, Brennan and Mandy are related. But you know what I've discerned through precise and correct knowledge? That Mandy is different than Brennan. You know what I just did? I discriminated. Is that so bad? Now, did I say she was less than him? No, I just said they're different. I discriminated. There's a difference. He's a male. She's a female. They're different. So that's, that's the idea, to have precise. You're going to have to discriminate. Discriminate. You know, they, of course, the racist crowd has totally corrupted the word discriminate. Uh, they think it's it's always bad. Well, it's not. Um, so we need to have this pre precise and correct knowledge. In Philippians 1, 9 and 10, it says, This I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. So God wants us, as his children, he wants us to have precise and correct knowledge. In fact, I would go as far as to say that if a person does not have some precise and correct knowledge of who God is, they're not going to have a, 
proper understanding of what salvation is. Um, so so we want to notice, first of all, the source of knowledge, or that precise, correct knowledge, is God. Uh, here in 2 Peter 1, verse 3, it says, According as its divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called, called us to glory and virtue. So it's through the knowledge of him that we can have this precise, and of course receive these divine promises, but we can have this precise and correct understanding. In uh, Colossians chapter 2, <clears throat> excuse me, Colossians chapter 2, and verses 1 through 3, for I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you and for them that are at Laodicea. For as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that the hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full under assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, other and of Christ. So Paul wants them to have full assurance of understanding. He wants to have precise and correct knowledge of God and Christ. And then he says, in whom? are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So, with, so I would say without God, by the way, it says it are hid. That means stored up. It's stored up in him. In fact, in John 4, 25, remember when Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman, she said, uh, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ, when he has come, he will tell us all things. The words tell us means he will disclose to us. You see, it's in him is hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. There's a lot of very educated people that think this world came into the being by a big bang or a little meat or uh, some soup somewhere, that, you know, whatever. And they call that science. That's what they call it. It's really not. They call it a theory. Well, it's not really even a theory. But these are educated people. And, but they have rejected the true source of knowledge. And that is God. I mean, creation makes sense. If you look at the rest of the world, you're going to have to conclude that this got here somehow. Somebody made it. Somebody designed it. It has order to it. It has design. So it's in him. You're John 1.17, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 17.17, 17, Sanctifying them through the truth, thy word is truth. So the source of knowledge, when we're talking about precise and correct knowledge, comes from God. It comes from God. And, and if we're going to come to an understanding of true salvation, we need to have some understanding, some correct knowledge of who Christ is. Notice in verse 1 again it says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So he makes a declaration, you might say, of who Jesus really is. Notice it says, 
that we obtain this like precious faith through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, you know, so there's a statement here to the fact that Jesus Christ is God. He is God. He is God in the flesh. Of course, this is taught many other places in the Bible. 1 Timothy 2, verses 3 through 5, Paul writing to Timothy said, This is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. He said, God, our Savior, who have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. There's that word knowledge again. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, and the man, Christ Jesus. Jesus, the Pharisees, before Abraham was, I am. It's one of the names of God. And of course, for that reason, they wanted to stone him because they knew that's what he was saying. Uh, John 10, 29 and 30. Um, the Father which gave them me greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. First Corinthians 2 8, Paul, when writing to the church at Corinth, said, Which none of the princes of this world knew. They didn't know who Christ was. They didn't have, let me say it this way, they didn't have correct knowledge of who Christ was. Which none of the princes of this world knew. They were told who he was. But they didn't know it. For they had they known it. They would not have crucified the Lord of glory. You know and the world still does not have a correct knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. That's why we're. You know Matthew. You know Jesus told Matthew 28. To go into all the world. Teaching them. baptizing them what are we to teach them teach them who Jesus is give them a correct knowledge so that they can understand who he is and that he is the savior of the world and that he can save them you know he, a lot of the world says well he was a good prophet he was one of the great prophets and he was a good teacher no either he was the God man or he's an imposter He's a liar if he's not the God. You know, some people have thought, oh yeah, he was a great guy, but a lady tell me one time years ago that, that Jesus had to go to hell to purge his sins. And her, her brother, Amy's brother was with me at the time. It was a lady I think he mowed grass for, actually, in Alexandria. But anyway, when we began to press her a little bit forward, she said, well, and I, I shared some scripture with her. You know, John tells us that in him is no sin. That means there, he doesn't have a sin nature. He never sinned. Peter says that in, in him was no guile. There was no guile found in his mouth, you know. Neither did sin. And, and, and so, well, well, she said, you know, he had to go to hell to purge bad thoughts. I'm sorry, but Jesus like that can't save you because he's got to pay for his own sin. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. You see, we have to have some some correct knowledge of who he is. That's what, how the world views him. Still don't have a correct knowledge of who he is. We have to have a correct knowledge of him and ourselves to obtain salvation. Verse 1, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God, our Savior, and our Savior, 
Jesus Christ. So you know, the word obtain means to, to receive by divine allotment. Um, for example, in Luke 1.9, speaking of Zechariah the priest, says according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot, it was his divine appointed time to be there offering incense. He burned incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Acts 1.17, speaking of Judas, for he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. He'd obtained it by the appointment of the Son of God. Jesus chose Judas to be one of the twelve. And of course, we know he fell from that. So, so really, to obtain or to receive by divine allotment, yes, we, might, we have to receive it, but God's got to open the understanding. The Spirit of God's got to convince. We need to, of course, have a correct knowledge of Christ, who Christ is, but we also need to have a, a correct knowledge of sin and be convinced of our lost and condemned state. John chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. He that believeth him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. The vast majority of the world does not understand that they're condemned tonight. They're already condemned to hell. They're not convinced of that. You talk to the average person, and they're not that bad. You can always compare yourself to somebody else and say you're better than they are. Paul was writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 24 says, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. Those that are already condemned. You know, they're really opposing themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. So, you know, most people... And you know this is biblical to say this because Jesus said, "Many there be which go in thereat, and few there be which go through the straight and narrow, and straight is the gate that goes goes to life." But so most people are are not don't have correct knowledge of their sin and convinced of their lost and condemned state. Uh, Peter, when speaking on the day of Pentecost, said this in Acts two forty, and with many words did he testify and exhort, saying. Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Now, the word untoward means perverse, forward, or froward, not pro forward, froward or warped. And most people have a, a warped view of their sin. It's not that bad. And the cause of this warped view is a perverse or warped understanding of who God is. 
and his standard of righteousness. Go to Romans chapter 10. And you know, this, is a Jews, this was the problem with the Jews. And it's, it still is. It's, it's not any different. It just takes on different names and different faces. But most people, you know, there are many people, I, 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 you know, I don't know how many, but, but there are people who, who have read the Bible through, but they have no clue. They've got a warped or perverted understanding of God and of themselves because they don't have a correct understanding of who God is and His righteousness. Romans 10.1 says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to, and here's our word, knowledge. It's not correct. They have a zeal, but it's not correct. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves under the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believe it. You know, if they would have under, really, if they'd have really understood the law, they'd have known they were condemned. That they were condemned already. That they were in bondage, and yet they said to Jesus, "You're right to His face. We be in bondage to no man. We were never in bondage. Why well, they're in bondage to the Romans?" And in bondage to their own sin. Because the law says we're all guilty. You know, how, can, how can somebody that's thinking read the law and say, I've kept it all perfectly all of my life? You know, the rich young ruler tried. And Jesus put his finger on his covetousness. And then it says he went away sorrowful. Because he realized, hey, you know what? I got a problem right there. But he didn't want to deal with it. You see, God's standard of righteousness is a law, and if we would have a correct understanding of the law, we would see ourselves at God sees us. And you know, this is this is why Jesus said to the in Luke chapter eleven, verse fifty two. He told the, the lawyers and Pharisees that they, they, they take away the key of knowledge. Let me, let me, let me look, read that. Luke uh, 51. For, uh, he's talking here about, about uh, let's back up to verse 45. Luke eleven forty five. 45. Then he answered one of the lawyers and said unto him, Master, thus saying, thou reproachest us also. He said, Woe unto you also, ye lawyers, for ye laid men with burdens grievously borne, and you bur- touch, yourselves touch not the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe unto you, for you build the sepulchres of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. Truly ye bear witness that ye allow the deeds of your fathers, for they indeed killed them, and ye build their sepulchres. Therefore also said the wisdom of God, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they shall slay and persecute. That the blood of all the prophets which was shed from the foundation of the world may be required of this generation. From the blood of Abel unto the blood of Zacharias. And that Zacharias, some believe to be the prophet Zacharias. We talked about last Thursday night. Um, which perished between the altar and the temple. Verily I say unto you, it shall be required of this generation. Woe unto you lawyers, for ye have taken away the key of knowledge. Ye entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in, ye 
hindered. You know, Peter talks about it, and I'm not sure it's in. Uh, yeah, it's in it's in Second Peter chapter three. He talks about how some rest the scriptures or twist them, or pervert the scriptures to their own destruction. You know, there's a lot of preaching tonight that takes keeping knowledge away from people. It actually hinders people having a correct understanding of who God is and who they are in His sight. You know, Paul said, I have not shunned to declare on you all the counsel of God. This idea that, you know, and, and I've heard this, that I've heard it for years. One guy said, just teach the principles. Let the people make the application. No, that's not what, that's not what God did when he gave the, the law. He gave the law and then he spent the next five books explaining it and applying it to life. That's what we call expository preaching. You explain what this means to everyday life. Or some guys say, well, you just need to preach salvation messages. How are you supposed to grow? Um, no, we need, we, need, we need all the counsel of God. So, so we need to, um, to obtain salvation, we have to have a a correct knowledge of Christ, of who Christ is and who we are in his sight. You know, and I understand, you know, you, if you got saved young in life, you may have not known all that. But what you did know was right. And I believe that when a person, as a person grows, if they're truly saved, they'll receive, continue to receive more truth. I know I did. Many times people get make a profession and then there's some truth that they don't like so they just throw it all out the window. My opinion is that's a false profession. So, uh, then thirdly, increased knowledge multiplies our growth. Notice verses 2 through 4. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of, our, of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Whereby are given unto us, now notice this phrase, exceeding great and precious promises. That by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, God's given us some exceeding great and precious promises. Now there's some things in the word of God that God tells us and commands us that are that are just not they're a little bit say this. The world would say we're crazy. Let me give you an illustration. God promised Abraham a son. But he's getting old. And Sarah, so Sarah, who's usually a good wife, 
says, I'm not sure I believe that promise. Take Hagar. And then he does have the son. God promised that son. And that, that through that son would be that his, his descendants would, re, would receive the promises of the land and all that. And, and then God says, okay, you take that son and you offer him as an offering, as a sacrifice. Abraham believed the promise, but went through or was going to go through with the sacrifice, believing still that the promise that God had made him Years earlier, God made that promise, and it, and it uh, really, if if normal person would say, Abraham, you are doing a very foolish thing. He says, God told me to do it. Believing that God would keep his promise and raise him up from the dead. See, through knowledge, he received the truth from God. He received that promise, and he acted on it. See, Increased knowledge multiplies our growth. That word multiply means to abound or greatly increase. Um, in Psalm 119, again, this, this comes through the word of God. In Psalm 119, this is why it's so important that we spend a lot of uh, time in the word. Psalm 119, verse 97. Oh, how I love thy law is my meditation all the day. Thou, through thy commandments, hast made me wiser than mine enemies. For they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from evil way, every evil way, that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, and thou hast, thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to the mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Psalmist said he was wiser than the ancients because he meditated in his word. In Psalm 19, Psalm 19, verse 7. Again, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, Sweeter also than the honey in the honeycomb. You know, if you if you compare that with Proverbs, Proverbs says that wisdom is better than gold. More to be desired than gold. And then verse eleven, moreover by them is thy servant war, warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. So great increase. Blessings that will abound because of your increased knowledge. It'll multiply. It'll greatly increase your life. Again, Abraham, you know, through the knowledge he received, kept the promise. Um, in Genesis 39, you know, Joseph escaped corruption. You know, Peter tells us here that, that through these promises, we become partakers of the divine nature, we become Christ-like, and we uh, escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. Well, in Genesis 39, you have the story of Joseph and Potiphar's wife. 
And uh, uh, in verse 7, it says, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house. He hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? See, because of Joseph's knowledge of God. By the way, he didn't have the law yet. But the law was written on his conscience. Law wasn't given to Moses. But it, it was just understood. You know, the law is ingrained on a person's conscience. A, a, a baby comes out of the womb saying not to commit murder. They have to be taught that abortion's okay. Um, but he knew that he was not to have Potiphar's wife because it was a sin against God. Sin against God. In Daniel 1 8, what, what kept Daniel from eating the meat offered to idols, drinking the wine and the whatever it was they were offered him? What was it? It was his knowledge of God. And because of his knowledge, he escaped the corrupting influences. Think about it. He's in a very wicked and perverted place where religion, quote unquote, is very warped. Many gods, idols everywhere. You know, and they even have this, you know, the Babylonian image. Uh, to the emperor. They, you know, they had emperor worship, like some countries in the world do. North Korea. It's emperor worship. Japan used to be very big on emperor worship. So the emperor, emperor got taken down. They realized, you know what, maybe he isn't a god after all. Maybe that's what we need to do with North Korea. Anyway, um, you know, it's emperor worship. It's, it's, it's warped and perverted religion. That's where Daniel was. But you know what? Because he had knowledge, a precise and correct understanding of who God was, he was not corrupted by the influences of that pagan society. In fact, he grew uh, in his understanding of the Lord. God gave him great visions. God increased him mightily, and he was greatly used. See, God gives us exceeding great and precious promises in his word. You know, there's, there's everything in his word that pertains unto life and godliness. Everything that relates to life. Every problem you face in life, there's instruction in the Word of God about it. But it's up to us. It's up to us to seek it out. To search it out. That's why Paul told Timothy to study, to show thyself approved. Unto God, a workman, if he is not to be ashamed, 
rightly dividing the word of truth. Study it. Meditate it. That's why God told Joshua to meditate day and night. That's why he told David, meditate day and night. That's why the king was to have his own copy of the law to be read every day so that he would know how to govern his people so he'd have correct knowledge. You know, I wonder what would have happened to the kingdom of Israel if the, the king would have read his copy of the law every day. Instead of doing like Jehoiakim, taking a pen knife and cutting it up and throwing it in the fire. What was he doing? He was throwing away the key of knowledge. Just casting it aside. You know what happened to him? He was cast aside with a burial of an ass. He was cast aside. See, God wants us to have precise and correct knowledge. He doesn't want us just to have a general understanding. You know, I think that's the problem in a lot of churches, independent Baptist churches. There's just a general understanding. This is the way we've always done it. And preachers preach generalities. You know, you don't get too specific. You might step on somebody's toes. You, know, you let issues of music and issues of the versions and issues of dress and issues of all that. You let just people do, you know, what they think is right. Don't ever talk about it. Well, the Bible says that we have all things that pertain... Even eating and drinking. Whether therefore you eat or drink, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's that's a principle. That govern, ought to govern our eating and our drinking. So might God help us to be faithful, to search the scriptures, to study the scriptures, so that we have a precise and correct knowledge of all the things that God desires to for us to do and desires for us to have. Notice. Notice I want you to notice something here. Verse three. According as his devour, divine power hath given unto us. You think these things are given unto us. Um Verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. Again, through the knowledge of God. Where Verse 4, whereby are given unto us great and exceeding precious, great, exceeding great and precious promises. See, God desires to give them to us. But they are obtained by precise and correct. So might God help us to be faithful, to search the scriptures, to seek God's wisdom and knowledge as it pertains to each area of life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the time in your word tonight. Thank you for a complete revelation that you've given to us in your word. We know that you said we are complete in him. 
So, Father, I pray that you'd help us to search the scriptures, um, help us to apply them to everyday life, that we might receive those exceeding great and precious promises. So, Lord, just help us, encourage us, strengthen us. We pray in Jesus' name.